0: I'm Michael Heyman, and you're listening to Changemakers. Now, my guest today is Garvita Gulhati, the founder of the Why Waste campaign and the Ashoka Young Changemaker. Garvita's lived up to her own quote for life, that change starts alone, but happens together, dedicating her time and energy to causes that bring people together to make the world a better place for future generations. Having started Why Waste at just 15 years old with the aim of tackling global resource waste, at 22, Garvita is showing no signs of slowing down. She was recently recognized as the Young Social Change Changemaker of the Year and is continuing to build communities and projects focused on creating systemic change for the better. Govita, welcome to Changemakers.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much, Michael, for having me. I'm so excited to be chatting with
0: you. Oh, it was brilliant. Well, listen, I mean, you've got such an amazing story and we've got a lot to get through in, in this interview. But let's start with that wonderful quote that, that change starts alone, but that happens together. Bring that to life for us in terms of the message that you would like to extend to listeners.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think, Michael, when I say change starts alone, but change happens together, the first thing that I think of is why change, right? And you realize that you need to change something because you want to make it different and you want to make it different because you want to make it better. And when you want to make something better, it's someone who specifically identifies that this needs to be better because they felt the need for it. They experienced something that compelled them to want to do this. And there are multiple people constantly observing these problems. There are multiple people experiencing it, but there are very few who actually go on Mm. to take that step and change it. And... I always used to wonder why is it that, you know, there are there are folks who are getting triggered, but there's just so few who are actually going and making the change happen. And I realized that even though few people start, a lot of folks start, right? A lot of them want to do something, but they're never able to bring it to fruition because they weren't able to build a community around it. Mm-hmm. They started out alone, but they called the change to happen
0: together. Right. And and I mean, let, let's, let's personalize that to you in terms of we're looking seven years later after a 15-year-old Gavita decided to do something to make change happen. You know, you were a small girl in Ahmedabad and the issue of water came up. In terms of how you felt, I can do something about this, the agency, the self-agency, to to decide that actually I'm, I'm not going to just accept this, I'm going to do something about it. Can you give us a sense of actually how that manifested itself in you and how you felt about it in terms of your ability to make something happen.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I just want to share this quick story. I was visiting this step well in the city of Ahmedabad in the state of Gujarat in India. And um, it's obviously, you know, this incredible architectural structure that's supposed to be collecting a lot of water, but there were just people walking in it and it was dry and it was now a monument. And so that felt very ironic. Mm. And in that moment, a little girl ran after me, and she had tattered clothes. Her face was slightly frail, and I thought, okay, perhaps she's going to ask me, you know, for some money or something like that. Instead, she tugged my dress and she asked me for some of the water in my hand. So I had a bottle of water in my hand; so she had a little bit of water left. in. that's all she wanted. She hadn't had; she seemed to have not had the opportunity to have water in a long time. And her story stuck with, you know, I wanted to do something about it. And that was around the time I started reading a lot about the water crisis. Um, and I came to came to find then that 14 million liters of water gets wasted every year, simply in the water that we leave behind in glasses at restaurants. And I was immediately ma- reminded of that little girl for whom just those few sips of water made all the difference in the world. And we just so trivially tend to waste and I realized that it's perhaps not just with water, but with so many resources, we behave in a similar manner. It's not just water in restaurants, but water that we consume at home, mm. water that we consume in Different forms, and and that was, you know, my trigger point to get and,
0: and you've done extraordinary things with that, you know, literally persuading millions of people, restaurateurs, you know, entrepreneurs, people that could actually get involved. You know, there's the, there's a saying, you know, that from from small, uh, you know, great oak trees from small acorns grow. You know, very large trees, of, like the Ashoka tree, I guess. And y- you can't do something like this, I guess, unless you have. The combination of the compassion, but also the ambition to affect change. So I suppose the thing I'm trying to understand is that you met this young girl and you were incredibly moved, rightly so, by her suffering. But then you quickly turned this into a major campaign to affect change, which means that there must be something very ambitious, very entrepreneurial, very sort of driven to affect that change. And you also did it at a time when, presumably, you were also reading school books at the same time. So I'm trying to understand is that what is the... What are the triggers in terms of your own mind that thinks, I can do that. I can make that change happen.
1: Yeah, no, I, I love I love that you shared that and, and that you mentioned that. I think a lot of my growing up was focused on, so just to give you an example, right? I always had to finish the food on my plate. You couldn't leave the table if your food wasn't finished, right? I spent more birthday parties at orphanages than actually having a party. And so I shouldn't have said birthday parties, just spend more birthdays. And so I think there was always the sense of empathy and change. And I think that's what triggered me to identify that, you know, this is a problem. Now, coming to what perhaps pushed me, you know, to go to that next step, I think I started to, of course, one, see people around me. And I started to realize that the world is in a lot of ways crumbling when it comes to climate change. And I'm a product of someone who was deeply educated about this. Uh, But I think one person who was the most pivotal was an environmental education teacher in my school. Now, environmental education is not really a subject that is taught, but she was so deeply passionate about it. She would teach seven grades, which is almost like 21 classes. And over, you know, you can multiply that by 40 students all by herself. Because She was so deeply passionate about it. And I think she was the one who, you know, of course, was a huge motivator in doing this, who sort of made me believe that, you know, change is possible. I recollect, you know, visiting restaurants initially and getting rejected by managers. They would just see me, you know, from afar and say that, oh, that's a young girl. We don't even want to have a conversation with her. And I think one thing that she told me that changed was you have the solution to a problem. Why would you want to sit and wait and watch it grow? When Mm. you have the solution, you have to go out there and implement it no matter how long it takes. And I think that's stuck with me ever since.
0: I suppose that then brings the question to the fact that you've also got phenomenal confidence because as you said you know you were approaching restaurateurs at a very young age and having to persuade to persuade them we'll talk about why waste which is you know your your big campaign your the the one that you throw all of your energies into these days but I was also reading that when you established this is your friends were asking you well why are you wasting time like this you know I feel that in in many respects the, the thing about exceptional people is that they often choose to tread a path that others are not walking on and they are very likely to be in a position where they're not prepared to take no for an answer in terms of what they do but sometimes that must make you feel a little bit apart I mean when your friends are saying why are you wasting time what did you say to them
1: I think then I would ignore that (laughs) i uh but but you're right it's it it does you know become a lonely path but i think that's when communities like ashoka come in and just change the game because they give you people who are just like you as a family ashoka Mm. for me personally is and it's just one of the multiple communities but yes ashoka was the first community that i got to be a part of you know of change makers and today you know there's multiple that i get to be a part of part of but i think that's what it is finding your tribe um, and you need to know again change starts alone that you will be alone in the beginning of the process but change happens together because you have that hope
0: mm. i love the idea of finding your tribe as well right you know so whether it is through a network like a, a shaker we'll, we'll get on to that actually in, in a moment but but frame why waste for us for those that That don't know what it is you're doing in this area. It's a major campaign. Introduce it to us, Kavita.
1: Yes, absolutely. So BioWaste is a, a completely youth-led initiative and nonprofit that aims to change the mindsets of people towards water. We build simple solutions that allow every single individual to become a part of the change. So we want to empower people to realize that they can make a difference. We don't want them to just sit at home and complain about problems, but we want to tell them that, you know, you can be a part of it. And that's what we focus on doing. We build solutions. Um, the first solution that we built was Last Half Full, which was a campaign we ran in restaurants. Petition to the National Restaurants Association of India. It took almost a year, a bunch of, you know, that's its own story, but we got this campaign and this idea of where I started out with restaurants to over five lakh restaurants across the country. Hmm. Um, and from there, we've gone on to, you know, write a book, which is a collection of 13 stories. These are fables that, you know, are focused for young people teaches them about small lessons around water conservation and to be the change, and also developed a mobile application that allows you to calculate your water footprint and teaches you simple ways in which you can conserve water. Mm. So it really helps you become a part of it. Empowers people to you know see what impact they're creating and change that.
0: What's the biggest barriers you faced in building this tribe, if you like, of people that are prepared to not waste water?
1: I think the first and the biggest problem is People don't even know the fact that they're wasting water, right? When they would leave behind water in restaurants, they wouldn't know that's the wastage. They would mm-hmm. just think that, oh, I don't need it, so I don't want it. It doesn't count as waste. When I take a 10, 15-minute long shower, that's not water being wasted for me. That's my daily shower. They didn't know that if they, they take a bath with a bucket of water, they use multiples less quantities of water. So I think the first biggest barrier was really educating people on this. And the second one is making them change their habits. Because, you know, you can go really in depth into the cognitive science of why it's hard to change habits, but it is. And so really discovering uh, what are those small trigger points that you can create and what are those really minor changes that you can make people account for in their lives to change at a large scale. So I think the third thing was just, you know, being young. Everyone was, you know like who gives you the right to build a solution who gives you the right to tell us what to do you have to be focusing on your studies do all these things you know once you're settled in life and i'd be like what do you mean settled in life no one's ever settled (laughs) you should never settle (laughs) you should keep changing and keep striving for more but
0: yeah i mean you're right about the symbols because i can remember um reading something many years ago which talked about how much how much water you waste If you keep a tap on while you're brushing your teeth and it was explained to you in terms of Olympic swimming pools in terms of just how much water, you know, a human being will waste if they are not mindful enough to turn off the tap. And you're right about the word pitches, I I, I guess, but also I think you're you're right and and you raise the question about younger change makers now you created a program with the founder of uh, of Ashoka Bill Drayton a project called Lead Young T- tell us about that in terms of what it sought to do and the lessons you've learned in doing it
1: yeah absolutely so it's a very interesting story and this is really how i got you know connected and became such good friends with bill as well but i ha- had been a part of ashoka for about 2 years and Bill was doing uh, this very interesting conversation with about six young change makers from India, and I was I was you know invited to be a part of that conversation. And Bill shared you know this, this very interesting thing that he created called Lead Young, which was an online library of stories of young people who you know were just normal children, but had gone on to sort of do something to make a difference in their communities, to change societies at large. And at the same time, I was reflecting on my journey. And of course, you know, I think once you're in the ecosystem, you start seeing problems around you all the time. And I wanted to solve all of them, but I obviously knew I didn't have the capability to do that. And so that's when I knew that, you know, the only next best way I can solve this is by creating more change makers. Now, Mm. how do I do that? How do I get those other kids moving? And to lead young stories library was, um, you know, a magical gift in that sense, because it was stories of young change makers who were just like all of us, who... Had But had, you know, decided to be the change. And so I had a very interesting conversation with Bill, learned about Lidia and his perspective behind it. And I decided to bring that to children across schools in India, not just as stories, but, you know, as a form of learning. So I started taking these stories to schools across the country. Uh, We would have young kids, you know, sort of enact these stories, Take them through the journeys. And it was a complete four kids by kids experience. The children in the school were doing it. They would, you know, do it in their assemblies. And then post that we would have, you know, a small discussion forum as to what was it that this young person did differently? What can I do? And that's sort of the ecosystem that we built around. It.
0: Mm. The thing I'm, I'm I'm thinking about while you're speaking is that the think about the pushback that you received as a young change maker, you know, from those restaurateurs. Yet we live in a world where I think if we were looking at global trends it's the hope that the next generation a new emerging generation is going to make a better job of the world than perhaps the current generation that is in many ways running it in terms of when you had the chance to look at young change makers on a global scale like this where you're looking at them you know people from around the world did did you find similar opportunities and similar obstacles that, that, that the people you were talking to were facing.
1: Yeah, that's that's such an interesting question because I've been privileged to meet, you know, change makers from across the world. In 2018 I was a part of the Global Changemakers, uh, which is a title that the Swiss government gives young people and, and we were about sixty young people in one place from 45 countries, you know, landed it's thrown together for a week. Um, It was an incredible experience. I think absolutely aligned. Uh, We face very similar problems, right? In terms of trying to get our ideas out there, trying to get heard, uh, trying to, you know, of course, navigate ourselves because we're still so young, but we're trying to, negotiate and compete and get mindsets changed at a much larger level. So those were definitely problems that I saw aligning. And of course, then, you know, when you go deep down into the problems that you're trying to solve, there are very individualistic differences that you would see So someone who's, you know, working for climate versus gender versus, you know, gun violence. Obviously, you see those differences exist, but the underlying factors of them still feel very similar.
0: I wonder if positivity is also such a big part of what you find amongst you know the, the people that you're talking to, because I thought it was really lovely when I was reading your lockdown soundtracks. Is that what a wonderful world? One of my favourites, Louis Armstrong, was on was on your list, and yet you can't help contrast that with the terrible tragedies around the world, the Ukraine, the so many things that even make this the most positive people question about how wonderful the world is right now how do you feel about it as a change maker trying to deliver positive change in quite a troubled world what what i suppose what gets you to a wonderful world in terms of the way that you look at it
1: oh that's a that's a big question
0: <laughs> what do you draw upon in the darkest days that gives you that light of, of positivity i guess I,
1: I'm going to share something with you that I've actually perhaps not ever shared publicly, maybe. For the past 550 plus days, meticulously, every single day, I decided to, you know, bring about this small change. And I would sit and write one thing that I'm grateful for about that day and one thing that I've learned from that day. And I've done this every day for over 500 to 600 days now, oh, um, not missed a single day. I think the goal behind doing it was to find that positivity Mm -hmm. that exists in all of this chaos. So no matter how bad the days are, and you can imagine a huge chunk of these 500 days actually happened through a pandemic. In fact, it started during a pandemic. And, And so trying to find positivity, you know, even if I've heard of, let's say, lost someone on a particular day. right? or no matter what, how how low I am or how high I am, I searched for that positivity. And I think uh, this process has really allowed me to open uh, this whole gateway of looking at the world with a different perspective.
0: Well, very interesting, Um, because you've also said that your new normal is learning to live in the present. And I wonder when you look back at that journal in terms of, what you've drawn out of your life experience what 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 brings you to today in terms of what helps you live in in the present in terms of you know um i suppose being at peace with it
1: i think the biggest thing was realizing that you can't change the past you can't decide the future Mm. all you have is the present uh there's this quote which is there in, I think, Beneath the Pooh, it was in a film and it said something like, the past is, you know, it's gone, it's forgotten, it's over, we don't know it. Um, and the future is uncertain, it's not in our hands, we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, but we have a gift today and that's called the present. That's why it's called present, a present, because that's that's the gift that we have of, you know, today. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think sort of starting to realize that I can't change what happened before, I can't impact what's happening now, or sorry, what's going to happen. All I can do is learn to enjoy my ecosystem. Uh, I realized, and this is this was a very interesting thing there. I was listening to and and it's so cool that you said, it, but I was listening to what a wonderful world and uh, for the first time I stopped and usually you know when you listen to music it's a secondary thing it's a multitasking activity right stopped, and I listened to the music I was listening to the beats I was listening to the tunes I was listening to everything that you know went into it I was in the song and mm. never before you know had I felt music in that manner and I realized what it meant to be in the present but
0: well, um, in many ways the lyrics are all about the present, aren't they? Yeah. In terms of what, what you notice, what you see. I mean, the whole lyrics about what you see. And, and I think that it is a it is a skill and something that you see a lot of people that can navigate very, very tough times because in a way. I suppose anxiety is often caused about a fear of the future yeah. rather than what you're living in, in in the present. I mean, it then I suppose brings me neatly on to your your quote for life, which is your your capabilities lie beyond your capacity to believe in them. Ex- explain that for us in terms of the message you want to land w- with that quote.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to just derive a little bit from the previous answer and what you said in between. Um, I think what pushed me onto this road was about three years ago. I was actually diagnosed with, um, you know, anxiety, uh, clinical anxiety, and and I wanted to change, you know, that about myself. I wanted to start seeing the world differently because I was always worried about the future. I was always tensed about things that happened in the past, right? And that's that's where I came to learning to live in the present. Um, and I realized. Um, a lot of time that I had spent, you know, thinking of these different things, you know, contemplating in the future and living in the past could have been spent doing so many other things, thinking of new ideas of change, thinking of, you know, different ways to impact more people, impact more lives, empower more communities. Um, And and that's what led me to also thinking of my own journey. Uh, I was back in school, a very shy girl. I would not like Speaking to anyone not that i was introverted i wasn't an introvert i was just not confident mm. um i never thought i could do anything i didn't have high grades i was not exceptional i was good i you know get through uh school and i do well um i was you know someone who liked doing multiple things i was a good dancer playing play a bunch of sports um but there was nothing that i was was spectacularly special about me. And so I think in that sense, I was left in a cocoon. Come why waste in the years when I started sort of, you know, embarking on my journey of change, uh, I didn't even know for a second that these were things that I could do. They were things that I hadn't thought of. I was speaking to people who I never imagined I had the confidence to have a conversation with. You can only imagine Bill, who is such an incredible being, who is perhaps one of the greatest persons like I have ever seen on this. No, he's planet. wonderful man. He's been a previous
0: uh, guest on the show. I mean, he was absolutely wonderful. I mean, yes,
1: well, I was doing things that I myself didn't imagine I could. Mm -hmm. And so when I would, you know, reflect on my journey, I realized that sometimes when we set goals for ourselves, um, we don't set them, I don't, I wouldn't want to say high enough or far enough, right? I think we just, we're just so encompassed in our own ecosystem, we don't even know the things that we could do. I never knew I could pick up a guitar and play it, but I've been doing that for the past few months because I wanted to try something new.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, I mean, and, for- I, and I read this this statement: "Your capabilities lie beyond your capacity to believe in them." And I'm thinking, well, another way of looking at that is never underestimate your ability to surprise yourself. Is that you know, yeah. w- which is that there is, and and I suppose thinking about the fact that you are. You know, very early on in in your career as 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 a change maker, you you've got you know so much potential to fulfil. And I guess in terms of what's going to surprise yourself about you and your next steps and the future. Suppose I'll, we're, we're we're very sadly on to our last questions. I'm I'm interested in thinking about you know how you see your future and the path you're going to tread having achieved so much so early on
1: oh i I don't i don't know how much and how to quantify that that's very subjective but no thank you for thank you for believing that but i think again i see the future as something that i'm excited about i'm i'm going to continue to know that my capabilities lie beyond my capacity to believe in them so i'm going to strive to you know work as hard as I can again like I mentioned I was never someone who's exceptionally smart at anything I think I was just a hard worker I think that's that's who I want to continue to be but more than anything I want to work on problems or build ecosystems that empower people and uh, let me tell you why empowering people matters so much to me Um, one of course seeing my own journey of you know having change but I think just Having seen my larger family and and the way they've been and you know building ecosystems around them, supporting people no matter where they came from, and really uplifting human beings, and I realized when you uplift people to be the best versions of themselves, they can contribute in the best manner to the world. Mm. That's what Ashoka did to me and the other various communities that I got to be a part of, and and so in a large sense, it's what I want to continue to do. I want to continue to empower people. In whatever way, manner, or form that I possibly can, while I of course continuing to surprise myself with the things that I can do.
0: I tell you what, give it what a what a joyful experience has been speaking to you. I've, honestly, I, I felt so enthusiastic listening to your story, and actually, you know how you've taken your life and you activated your own potential around things that you can make a difference with, and also that belief in the best version of of people and i suppose in the words of of louis armstrong i think to myself what a wonderful world indeed thank you gavita for joining me on change makers
1: thank you so much michael for having me i had as much a wonderful experience and i'm very energized i was you know so sleepy before this and now i'm like oh i can stay away for another 24 hours thank
0: you wonderful (laughs) thank you so much Changemakers is brought to you by the campaign's firm, Seven Hills, and presented by me, Michael Heyman. Pure Being is the name of our soundtrack, and it's written and performed by the brilliant BT Wolf. To find out more, head over to changemakers.works, and if you like what you hear, why not give us a rating?